Santa and I are really excited about the Lunch Plus Christmas Special. We want to let you guys know all about it. On December 22nd, we're going to be having a very merry Lunch Plus Christmas Special at 11.30 a.m. here on the Brian Wright YouTube channel. Guys, we're going to be having some gift cards. We're going to be giving away prizes, giveaways, fun segments. It's going to be a lot of fun, interactive. We're going to have you guys involved in it. Santa, are you excited? He's excited. I'm excited too. So we'll see you guys on December 22nd at 1130 for the Lunch Plus Christmas Special. We'll see you there. Hello! Twas the week of Christmas. We're here to celebrate. <laughs> That's the background. I just enjoyed that. We're here to celebrate. Celebrate! Fireworks! Guys, it's Christmas week. It's Monday morning. We're so excited to have you on with us. Thanks for being here today. We are going to have so much good stuff in store for you. Guys, Pastor Brian's back today, and today we're talking about something biblical. Something <laughs> biblical. We'll let you know what it is as we get closer to the time. But we also have neat news, confessions, the great match game, all the good things. So as you're hopping on, make sure that you tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that way we can say hi to you. Because if you don't comment, we don't know you're there. I For know, example, I see you. my husband just came on. He says, hello. Hello, husband. I love you. Hello, George. <laughs> uh, Holly said, love the fireworks. Thanks, Holly. We also had some other very random, weird backgrounds, but um, Sammy overrode us because she's like, those are those are too weird. Those are too weird. But yeah, we're excited. Yay! Also, Sammy, I'm going to make a request. Can we have our music playing? Because oh. I like to dance during family chat. That's really all I want is I want to bebop around. It sounds like... 
George says hi, Johnny. Hello. Johnny says hi, George. Holly says hello, George. You guys are being all cute in the comments, saying hi to one another. Um, yeah, how's your Monday going? This is this is my top question. I want to know: Are you done Christmas shopping? Are you done Christmas no, shopping? I'm not. <laughs> I got a lot done Saturday though. Good. Look at you. Yes, I did. Uh, George said hi, Barrett. Hi, Marky. Aww. Be nice to me. George loves you. Thanks. Um, okay, Kelly says it feels like you're at Disney World. It does. Like, look at, the, look at the trees. What is that? Is that a castle? Um, I think it's, I mean, it could be the Tower of Terror behind it. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. I don't know what it is. Buddy says, sup, fam. And just like that, we came back to 2007. <laughs> just around the, was it like 2007 when was up was the thing? Oh, like, I don't do know. you guys remember that? Wasn't that before that? It was painful. Cool beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin says, hola, Jorge. Holly says that she's done Christmas shopping. Um, Serena says that she has one more gift to get, she oh. thinks. Johnny says, I'm picking up the last gifts today. I am 100% done. Oh my Now, are they wrapped? No. Yeah, no. I don't have anything wrapped. Every, I told Pastor Nicole today, they're all, they've all just been moved into the nursery and they now live in a pile and nothing's wrapped, nothing's prepared to be given, but they're all there. Uh, <laughs> so that's exciting. Holly's <laughs> laughing at the Cool Beans reference. And, but Cool Beans, LOL. And Buddy is laughing, or no, he's defending himself. He's like, Sup Fam is so 2021. Well, it's about to be 2022. Yeah. So. Just like that. Isn't that crazy? It's going to be 20. Yeah, it's true. Crazy. <laughs> Abby says, good morning. Holly says, a large chunk of theirs is wrapped. Y'all, good job. And then George is letting me know, hi, wife. The cinnamon rolls might not make it until Christmas. Well, I appreciate that you've shown self-restraint for a day and a half. You did well. Good job, husband. We always have cinnamon rolls, like, for our Christmas oh, Eve type stuff. And Christmas Eve? Mm -hmm. The morning of Christmas Eve? Yeah. Like, oh. I mean, there's like a box of them or or like a whole container roll thing, whatever. Is that your Christmas Eve breakfast? Normally. And I bought it on Saturday and I told George, George, don't eat these till Saturday because I don't want to go grocery shopping again. I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to go again. Them? He just told me that they might not make it. So my guess <laughs> is that there's some debating happening in George's mind of is tradition important or or is Christmas or cinnamon rolls important right now? Uh, my family normally has uh, cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. Christmas morning to me is always Pastor Nicole sausage dip. Uh, she makes it every year. Oh my goodness, it's one of my favorite parts of Christmas uh, is like the tortilla chips and the sausage dip. I got extremely sick on that this summer, so <laughs> I might be skipping that. <laughs> I mean, you also won't be here. That's I can true. save you some. <laughs> That's so sad. You also won't be here because I'm going to Maine for Christmas. I mean, I'm not happy that you're going, I but know. I know. I wish I could be I in both places at Christmas, guys. I can't pout on live TV at the same time, mm -hmm. so I'm like, you just won't be here. Serena said, "I'm making pumpkin French Ooh. toast casserole for Christmas Eve breakfast." What? Look how fancy you are. Pumpkin French toast. <laughs> Kevin Nowicki says, sausage dip? You have my attention. Get the recipe. It is really good. Oh, it my is. goodness. Do you know the recipe? Abby knows it. Abby can hook you up with it. So I tell you what, it's it's great. 
I, Kelly says she still needs some stocking stuffers. I just finished that today, too. I am very excited. I, yes. Do you like makeup? I do. Your Pastor Nicole cup. <laughs> it says Pastor Nicole. <laughs> Holly says, Serena, we might need to share. Serena says, I'll share, Holly. It's true. We talked this morning about how Serena, if there's food left over, Serena's all about giving it away to other people, Aww. for sure. Oh, speaking of, we have... There's a massive bag of popcorn over there for oh. Buddy from sharing Serena. We also have um, Rice Krispie Treats here. We do. From the youth Christmas party. Y'all, our Christmas event was yesterday, and it was so yes, much fun. Yes, it was. And there's so much food left over. <laughs> like, particularly if you are a Rice Krispie Treat fan, there's like two containers full of them. There's so much. I like them. Uh, Buddy says, for sure. There is. There is a lot there. We're going to be feasting on the pasta leftover for lunch today, too. So that's a thing. But this has been Family Chat. Okay, we are going to hop into Neat News with Yay! Abby. Abby is here to bring you the breaking news of all the good stuff happening in the world. And since it's the week of Santa Claus, I don't know what Abby's good news is. But there's lots of good things happening in the world. Find out what they are from Abby right now. stories for you that I'm super excited. Make sure to put in the comments which one's your favorite story and we'll hop into the first one now. Our first story is so exciting. So just marking today. Today marks 142 years exactly to the day that Thomas Edison presented his first incandescent light bulb. I just think that's really, really cool and amazing and nice. And also just a strange fact is that today and tomorrow are the days with the most darkness, like the winter, like solstice and all this stuff makes it the darkest days of the year. And those are the days that he decided to present his light bulb. So isn't that just cool? It's just amazing. All right, we're moving on to our next one. But he says, is that what Edison looks like? Um, what he did when he was younger, I guess. Um, Bunny says, I feel welcome to Neat News. Good job, welcome. Kelly says, Abby always shares really cool news. Oh, thanks. Okay, hello guys, and this is the sun. Welcome, sun. Guys, this is amazing. I'm really excited. So NASA has been working on this project for years, and it's called the Parker Space Probe, or Solar Probe. And what they've done is they have touched the sun, it's amazing. So what, what they did is in 2018, they blasted this space probe off from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and it's been just zooming, just zooming through space. And now it has finally made it into the corona of the sun. So the sun doesn't have like a hard surface like Earth does. It's all like liquid plasma, all this great stuff. So what they did, uh, like it's hard to like, you know, land on the sun 
with that information in mind. But what they've done is they've, they've circled the sun a lot and they keep getting closer and closer to it. And they finally got within the sun's atmosphere, but it is so hot that what they had to do to protect it from melting is they had to make it go over 300,000 miles an hour, which makes this the fastest man-made item in all of history. This is the fastest thing that man has ever made. And it's so crazy cool. And so as soon as they got into the atmosphere, they started collecting data and they've already discovered like tons of new things about the sun. It's just really amazing. Okay, now we're going on to our third story of the day. And this man, it's, it's not a long story, but it's just really sweet is I, Kentucky just had a lot of like tornadoes and stuff and like just a lot of towns got really wrecked. And so what this guy did for no other reason than he just heard that people were in need, he loaded up his grill, he loaded up his food and he just traveled down there to the streets where people had like been hit the worst and he just started making food for them and giving it out to them. And then there was like a church service with them and it was just, it was really sweet. So great job, dude. And on to our last and final story. And guys, I haven't had a lot of space news recently. So I did it all today. This is our second story on space, but I'm really excited. Is So these Chinese rovers just discovered, do you see this little cube? There's a cube on the moon. Now there's like, okay. There's not a lot of right angles in just nature. Like you don't see that a lot. So a cube to be just out in nature is very, very odd. For a cube to be on the moon in outer space is very odd. So they're thinking, you know, it could be left over from some old, you know, space missions. I mean, we, it, there hasn't been a ton. So I feel like we would know if something was left over, but you know, there's a chance that something was left over. Or maybe it's the Tesseract, in just my opinion. But we'll find out, we'll find out. They discovered it in October, but it takes like, they're far, this is a zoomed in picture. It takes a, like, it said like a month or two to get there. So hopefully they'll be there anytime now. And we can know what this strange cube is. There was also, I'll give you a little bit more information. There was also a crater beside this cube. So they think what could have happened is like an asteroid hit the moon and then, you know, just, I don't know, made a cube. How does that happen? I don't know, but they're the smart ones. They're the ones who study this stuff. It's really exciting. So hopefully in one of our very soon neat newses, I will be able to tell you what this cube is. But until then, we are so excited to have you guys here. If you have any neat, just amazing news, send it our way, and maybe it'll be on the next segment of Neat News. But until then, we're going on to Confessions with Barrett, then we're going to have the great match game, then we're going to have a powerful word with Pastor Brian today. You're not going to want to miss a single second of it. We'll see you then. Bye.
so excited to just get to share this week with you. Y'all, we meant to say this at the top of the hour, but this Wednesday, set your reminders, set your notifications, because we are having our Lunch Plus Christmas party, and it's going to be so much fun. We're having basically... So many of our old, like, old staff, old faces, familiar faces, they're going to be here. Pastor Nicole, I have it on good authority, is probably going to be here. So it's going to be so much fun. Make sure that you tune in. And we're giving away over $1,000 worth of prizes that day. So I just want to make sure that you knew that because we get to celebrate Christmas with you. You know what else we get to do with you? We get to come before the Lord together and just pray and believe and see God move. You know, yesterday here at church, we had so many people who were touched with the power of God, who met our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so today we just want to continue abiding with him and seeking his face together. So if you would, if there's anything just like normal, if there's anything in particular you want us to be believing with you for, you can go to whatsright.com and send us a message. Let us know how we can pray for you. But today we want to go through some confessions that we have. Confession is a type of prayer. It's where we use the word to declare how things are going to look in our life. And we want you to say these out loud with us. So join your voice with mine. Let's say these confessions out loud together and watch as God honors his word because he's faithful to do so. Okay, our first confession of the day. Say this with me. We walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. Amen. Confession number dos. <laughs> we are out of debt and carry a debt-canceling anointing and we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. And then our daily confession that we have, it's our year of increase. Amen. Okay, guys, we're going to hop into one of our favorite segments here on the broadcast, the great match game with Abby and Marky. So get your get your type in hands ready because the girls are going to need your assistance with this game. I'm going to hand it over to them and we'll see you there in a second. associated with these words we have to guess so it's always fun yep and if we guess what you guys say the most one of us will win yes one of us will win okay so are you guys ready for the great match game it's a fun yes. interactive game so let's put up our first word on the screen what's the first thing 
Oh, I didn't give them words. What? They're not <laughs> in there? <laughs> they're in, if you go into the great match game folder, they're in there. Well, you can put them in the computer. Guys, we will uh, pause for this short what break. If, what if? And by pause, I mean we're gonna do. Barry, give us you a word. Ready to say. Give us a word. Pig. Pig. Okay. Okay. While we're getting the other words ready, this is the word that we have. Is pig. What are the first two? <laughs> she said, "I'm so sorry." What are the first two things that you think of when you hear the word pig? Now you have to stop looking at the screen because now we have to guess. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm putting it down. She's, she's still, Baird's still apologizing for giving us a weird word. Okay, I can't. Uh, uh, um. Guys, put it in the comments. I can't, I can't look at the screen right now because I can't see your comments. Okay, now I can. I wrote mine down. We're gonna see if they match. Okay, we're getting comments. We're getting words. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So we have oh. Kelly Berardi who said Porky, bacon. Uh, Pastor Nicole said Oink, bacon. Barrett, bacon, babe. <sighs> uh, Kevin said Piggly Wiggly. Johnny said bacon, Porky. Uh, Kevin said breakfast. I see we were on a very different path. <laughs> <laughs> George said pig, ham, Easter. Whoa, that's three George, Mr. Rule Follower. Okay, what did you, oh, you put in a blanket. Yeah. I put bacon. You won! Yeah. Honestly, Kevin Nowicki, I thought of you, and I was like, <laughs> I think that Kevin's gonna put bacon. He didn't. He put other things. But I was, I was guessing that people would be thinking of bacon and meat, stuff like that. It's not what I thought of. Do we have one, or do we need to keep coming up with our own? You okay. have it? You have it? <gasps> Yay! Okay, let's put it up on the screen. Okay. Oh, I feel like that's kind of obvious, face. but okay. Um, so the way Buddy made this is we have to fill in the blank, basically. Okay. okay, guys, put in the comments. What do you think of? Put two different options. What do you think of when you see this? Interesting. Are you just trying to be different? Those are the first things you thought of. Really? Okay. Interesting. Ah, uh, Kevin said, thank you, Marky. Love you. We love you too, Kevin. Okay. What, what did... What did you put? What did I put? Okay, are we ready? I gotta read them. Okay, I'm sorry, I'll read yours first. Okay, uh, Kelly said balls, fort, snowballs, snow fort. Ooh, snow forts are fun to build. I like those. Kevin oh. said blizzard. George said, I put the word first in case it was slow and went to word number two. Earlier, Abby's faster. Oh, okay. Oh, smart. Rachel said, snowball, snow cream. Wow, Ooh. I am, I thought it was gonna go a certain way, and Me it did too. not. Me too. Me uh, too. Arabella said, snow avalanche, falling. Um, I see. Pastor Nicole I will lose. Man, oh, Pastor Brian, because you like, because you like snow, she put Pastor Brian. Oh. Kevin said, white, for snow white. Johnny oh. said, snow shoes, snowball. Buddy said, snowman. I, this is so funny. <laughs> See, everyone thinks of different things, which is why this yeah. is interesting. Because I thought for sure it was going to be one word, yep. and I only saw it once. Yep. What'd only once. I put snowman. Oh, I put snow white. What? I thought for sure it was going to be snow white. I don't know why, but I wasn't on the winter train. Uh, we're almost at Christmas, Marky. <laughs> I know, but it's 
It's Albemarle. There's no snow here, so I don't think of Albemarle. We can still dream. There will we be snow. We can still dream. Yes, there will be snow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What is our next okay. word? Christmas. Okay. Um, I don't know if I should put what I just thought of, but I, I am. Think. What will the people think of? What will people think of? Probably not what I'm thinking of. Um, okay. Okay, <laughs> I, I put mine down. Dokie. Um, Barrett says Christmas miracle, Aww. Christmas tree. George says Snow White has elves. Ah. I mean, they're kind of dwarves, which are different. Um, Lord of the Rings would have taught you this if you watched it. I'm just letting you know. Uh, Kelly Berardi says Christmas lights, Christmas tree. Um, Arabella says Christmas tree, Christmas lights. Okay. Buddy says Christmas Carol. And guys, we reached guys. our hundredth comment of the day. It goes to Johnny. Great Good job, job, Johnny. You, you are claim yeah. your gift. Claim your gift at whatsright.com slash gift. So every day we give away a gift card when we reach our hundredth comment. So great job. Great job, guys. Okay. Johnny said tree, lights. Carols, what did you put? I oh. thought everyone was going to put Christmas Day, oh. and nobody did. I put tree. So. You are winning today. I am winning. Great job, great job. Thank you. All right, do we have one more? Let's do one more, and then we're going to get into the word. The word. Santa. Okay, okay, if this does not go the way. I know. Like That I feel, I feel like, like it should. I feel like it can only go one way. Maybe it's Guys, maybe we can do this. What other option than the one that I'm thinking of? Uh, um, I'm really trying. Let's see if we can get, I, I'm curious if we'll get one answer that is different than what I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have to put two things, so. That's true, you guys, you have to put two things. What else are you gonna put? <laughs> people Okie dokie. Oh, Holly spelled it Santa Claus, like uh -huh. the movie. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, that Santa was great. Maria. I said I didn't think that there was another option besides Santa, and I was thinking you did Claus, it. and Kevin put Santa Maria. <laughs> Good job. Buddy said Santa Schmanta. Oh, my goodness. Kelly says fat and jolly. Ah. Bella says claws and creepy. <laughs> creepy? What? Eo says claws and baby. Um, oh, like the song. Um, Johnny says baby. claws and reindeer. Kevin says sleigh. Uh, Jew and Greek says baby. George says fat and red. Interesting. Huh. Right. Santa tracker. That's what Pastor says. Oh, because it just popped up on his shirt. Uh, Kevin says Santa Monica. Kevin, you're doing so well. <laughs> you're so great at this. I Now um, I'm curious, what else can you put in the comments that goes with Santa, like Kevin's putting, Santa. that is not Claus? I can't wow. think of anything other than what you just put. Santa, Santa Mar Maria yeah, and Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. That's Kevin. it. Kevin, you're doing great. <laughs> okay, I put Santa Cla Claus. Oh, I spelled it wrong. So... No one spelled it this way. I just learned two years ago that Claus for Santa is spelled this way, but everyone thinks it's spelled with an E because of the movie, The Santa Claus. That's what uh -huh. I thought too. But a clause is like a um, like a contract, 
And that's, yeah. it's called The Santa Claus because mm -hmm. he signs it. It's a Look, great movie. You're a little bit of information it's there. It's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, you can unmute <laughs> Pastor. Un okay. No, you're not plugged in. <laughs> he said the fact that you have to explain that is really... Is and then we don't know okay, what he now. said after that. Okay. Okay, there he is. There you Am are. There? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you have to explain that is very interesting and such a uh, marker of the generational gap because we would have, my generation would have never spelled it with an E because we never saw the movie... Uh, we never saw that, so that was never in our in our vision. It was really? always without what? the E. So for you guys to think that way is like so different. Wow. So, no. Yeah, definitely different. Oh, Rachel put Santa Fe. Oh, and Texas oh good one. And Jew and Greek said Santa Baby because yeah. Baby Santa Baby yeah. is Santa a song. Baby. So. Good job, guys. Great you did so job. good. Great job. Well, are you guys ready to talk about something biblical? That's what the word is today. <laughs> Literally. Literally. So stick around. Share the broadcast with yeah. a friend. It's going to be great. We're moving into what's the word right now. Welcome to What's the Word. I had to figure out which camera we were looking at. So good to see you. I missed you last week. I was out in Arkansas with Brother Tracy Harris. If you are watching right now, let me know who you are, where you're watching from. How's it going? I saw Jew in Greek on here earlier. Mr. Rod Saunders. He put up an interview with he and I last week. Uh, already got uh, hundreds of views, and uh, we had a good time, didn't we, Rod? And I just welcome you. It's so good to see you. I love you guys. I missed you. Let's see who's here. Uh, Kevin Nowicki says he's in Santabel Island. Rachel says she's in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Miss Lisa Lamb says she's watching from New London from, at work. Uh, Holly says, hello. Rebecca Beard says, hi, smiley face. Glory to God. I have with me, uh, Johnny says, hello from High Rock. I bet it's cool up there today. And then I have with me today, uh, right now, Marky and Abigail. Wave. Let's switch to them. <laughs> Sammy said, oh. <laughs> Wave. And now back. And see, look at that. See, no. Just for a split second, they're still here. But we're going to have a, it's going to be a different kind of day. If you have questions or comments, put them in the comments section. Yeah. Don't wait on it. Do it now. Snap into a Slim Jim. All right, Kelly Berardi, generational, right there. There's another one. Everybody should have been like, yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. But that was my generation, not this one. 
All right, Johnny says hello from High Rock, Kelly Berardi. Hello, Berardi family in Riverview, Florida. Kelly, I think I saw that I have a text from you. Nicole and I will get back to you shortly. Grayson Pickett says, hi, Grayson and the kids from home in Monroe. Kevin Nowicki watching from Burleson Square. That's a good place. That's awesome. Jew and Greek, he says, yeah, I'm here at home in Tulsa. Lisa Lamb, go, Sammy. That's right. Go, Sammy. Good job. All right. And let's see here. Can that zoom in to me more? That seems awfully wide out. It also doesn't seem clear, but I'm fuzzy. See? Hello. That looks better. All right, good. Let's see here. Sydney says hi from Albemarle. Kevin says, twist it. Terry, need a little excitement? Snap into it. Snap into a Slim Jim. He got it. He picked up on it. See, my generation. My, my, my generation. So, Guess what? Did y'all have fun yesterday? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Yeah. To spend time with everybody and eat with everybody, and it was really awesome. We had some uh, people I haven't seen for a little bit, and it was fun getting to hug their neck and, and uh, celebrate Christmas with them. It was really great. Yeah, and we had cotton candy. We did. We had cotton candy. So this is what we did. So for we had a cotton candy machine. Oh, And yeah. we tried to see how big we could get one thing of cotton candy on a on a thing. And we got it. What was it, about this it was, big? Yeah, it was something like that. It was about this big. And it we were, crazy. like, mixing colors. So we mixed blue and pink, and we got purple. It was awesome. It was You awesome. made one that was bigger than my head. It, oh, way bigger. Yeah. It was huge. It was huge. I was very pleased. I had a sugar rush for hours. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was so good. And we had we had a bunch of people here. We fed a bunch of people. We had a great uh, meal and family time. And people got healed uh, j yesterday. I didn't know this till after the service, but uh, Miss Sharon, uh, Sharon Cox actually had a migraine going on. And she came up for prayer, and I laid my hand on her head. She said, instantly, the migraine went away. Our God is so good and such a healer. I didn't even know. I just prayed in the name of Jesus, and that anointing did what it needed to do. God's so good. So um, did y'all see the testimony uh, from Miss Sydney on the line? Did y'all see that? Oh, man. It was a testimony about her baby, and I actually was holding her baby during prayer yesterday and playing with her, and yeah. um, she was smiling so much, and she's so sweet, and I'm just, for like an hour, I held the baby, and then I heard a testimony of something that had happened, and yeah. I didn't know that, and I was like, are you, there's no sign, are you kidding me? Like, mm -mm. that's amazing, so, <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, she had, um, actually, the baby had, uh, been without oxygen for eight minutes, and the doctor, she went into the doctor, and uh, the doctor was sitting there crying, saying that this is the only explanation for this is God. Your baby should not be doing this well. She should yeah. not have recovered. She shouldn't be operating like a normal baby. Yeah. And uh, she said, there is no explanation but the hand of God, the, and the doctor started crying and just the power of God, that is so awesome. Yeah. And Miss Sydney, that is such a blessing. And um, 
she just said this. She said, uh, they told me she would never be well if she lived at all. <laughs> now she's living and thriving and just getting better and better and better, Miss Sydney. Increase in Jesus' name. That's awesome. So we just praise God. So what? Um, one of the things that we, uh, last week I was with Brother Tracy, and we actually were able to record like 10 broadcasts for his uh, show. It was really good. He is such a blessing and uh, such a blessing in Nicole and I's life, him and Sister Laurie. And um, tomorrow we're going to have our broadcast. This whole week is a little bit different because we're heading into Christmas. Wednesday, woo! Wednesday we're going to have our Christmas broadcast giving away thousands uh, or over $1,000 worth of stuff. Lots of prizes, lots of prizes, and uh, lots of gifts to you, so you need to share it. Uh, Get ready. Get ready to receive. It's going to be a great, great day. And uh, lots of fun. When we did this last year, I that was that had to be one of my favorite episodes that we ever did. And uh, so, do we have games and stuff? What kind of what kind of things are we going to be doing? We do. Yeah, guys, we have so many games planned out for y'all. I am I'm really pumped. I'm really excited. We have so if you've been if you're on Pastor's Instagram, you'll have already seen this. We've been collecting some data. From the people for our games. So one of our games that we're going to be doing Wednesday that we had, had announced was a great, uh, not a, a great Mad Lib. I got the great match game mixed up. A Mad yeah. Lib Theater. Christmas. Oh. Mad Lib funny. Theater. It's going to be really fun. And then another one is uh, Christmas Memes. And yeah. we're giving away a gift card for the best meme. So if your meme is the best, you win $100. $100. Not yeah. a little gift card. Whoa. Big gift Not card. a joke. Can they still get their memes in? Yeah. Yes. You still have time. Get your memes in today. Do they have to be Christmas? Can we put that as a stipulation? Yes. Christmas, Christmas memes. Uh, Christmas, okay. memes. Christmas memes. Yeah, and then you'll win a gift card. I mean, that's like a... <laughs> have you ever been paid <laughs> for a good meme? Like, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's some pretty good money right there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you laughing? Is that, is that what I did? <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be really awesome. We have I other just, games as well. I just had somebody, uh, somebody sent in this morning. I saw it. It popped up in my messages. It was like, "There's all of mine." That might have been Miss Kelly, and uh, ah. she said, "That's all of mine." And she had put like ten memes in my in my <laughs> messages. So that was really funny. But yep, there were definitely like twenty others in Facebook Messenger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she sent. Yeah. Yep. So what did uh, what did y'all talk about last week? Last week was a very <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> it was so much. We had a lot. We did of have a big days. weekend. Yep. Um, was it Friday that Friday Barrett that you did the mm-hmm. the Friday? Oh, Friday was the interactive yep. day. We did a, a Zoom day with you all. We that just was talked. So fun. It was great. We talked about whatever was I on y'all's that. hearts. Yeah. yeah. It was really great. Yeah, it was. So uh, um, Serena shared some stuff, too. But it was really awesome. We had a Zoom call, and we were able to, like, see into your guys' lives a little bit. Like, Grayson showed us uh, their Christmas tree live (laughs) on the broadcast. And they have a hat. Like, they have a hat on their Christmas tree. So getting a frosty, the snowman hat. So getting to experience that stuff was really awesome. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday, um, Barrett had a really powerful message that she gave on you matter to God. 
And um, it was really cool. And she said that she had planned for the message to kind of go one way, and then it kind of went another way. And what's awesome about when that happens is it's because the Holy Spirit leads it, and depending on the needs of the people, like the Holy Spirit, as you're watching, like when you watch a broadcast and you put your faith out there and you make it put a demand on the anointing, you can literally change, even in another state, you can literally change the flow based off of your that's your right. faith and That's you're right. making a demand from another state and that we actually saw that happen Thursday yeah. with Barrett is she's speaking and then she starts like the Holy Spirit starts leading her uh, and guiding her based off of the needs of the people and their faith not just their needs but their faith and um, it was really cool to watch that oh and, yeah um, and it was a very it was a very personal very real uh, a, a bit of a different broadcast where we got uh, we got really, yeah. really real with some things, and it was really powerful. It was awesome. We also talked about how, you know, as Christians, we're not supposed to look like the world. We're supposed to be different. Was that Monday? That was, I think that was Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah, I think oh. we're just going back in time, Friday, <laughs> Thursday, Wednesday. Uh, that was powerful as well. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, Barrett had do I matter to God, and you were, uh, y'all were talking about who, who are you really? And then, uh, let's see here, is the devil attacking you alone? Mm-hmm. That, was, yeah. that one looks like it's missing a thumbnail. Yeah, and <laughs> then um, the danger of distraction. Yeah. The danger of distraction, buddy, on Monday. Yeah, and, it was really uh, good. So it was a really good week. I was really mm-hmm. pleased with what I saw. Uh, my trip was pretty quick, and it happened fast, and I had to reschedule some things, but... Um, you know, one thing that's still on my mind, well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the being strong mentally. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you are not strong mentally, uh, you're going to lose. So this is, you're going to lose some things. You're going to lose some battles. You have to be strong mentally. You have to have a strong mind and you have to be able to take thoughts captive. You cannot allow them to run rampant. If you don't know how to take your thoughts captive, you are going to lose. Um, It's just pure and simple. The Bible shows us that. It shows us those examples. And it's still coming up to me. And I've really, one of the things that I didn't realize uh, up until this last year is mentally in our country, I'm not, you know, talking about necessarily other parts of the world, but I imagine that it's similar around the world, but I know in America, our country has gotten to the place where mentally we are not mentally strong anymore. We are weak in our mindset. Anything tips us over the edge. Um, We're not able to withstand and to withhold, and it's something that is a problem, and the devil knows that. He wants us to be mentally weak and not be able to do much. Uh, Some of the symptoms of that is that people are not able to accomplish things, they break down, uh, they break down mentally, all of, all of these things, um, <clears throat> they're not able to withstand attacks, uh, they're not able to, and the devil has really raised up a generation that doesn't know the strength of mind that was once known in this country. And I didn't realize I didn't realize how far it had gone, but one of the things that I've realized over the last couple of years is that there I, I said it like this and it and it 
I said it like this in terms of politics, but it's not just been politics. It's been other things. Because of some of the politics and because of some of the things coming through the pulpits in America, um, I said it like this. Things that we thought were being watched over were not actually being watched over. They were not being protected. And mental strength is one of those. You know, um, I said this, I said this some years ago, and I just saw through it. I just, it, you know, I saw through it probably 20 years ago. I knew there was a problem with it. But really about 10 years ago, I got a revelation of it, and that is this whole move towards political correctness. Political correctness is evil. Um, it is evil. You know, what most people have turned political correctness into uh, is a political correctness is that we're, they've equated it to diplomacy, but di diplomacy still disagrees. Political correctness is basically turning into a yes man. And when you have a whole society, uh, when you have a whole society that are yes men and they don't want conflict, they don't understand healthy conflict, they don't understand iron sharpening iron. And so what's happened is we've become dull. And um, don't, don't think, don't challenge anything. Um, don't, and so now in this period of time, this is not just a political thing, it's a spiritual thing. So now you have people that won't stand even for themselves. because, And so mentally they have not made challenges to other people and because of that, they're not used to doing that, and they just fold any time the devil comes against them. Well, this is something that really needs to change. You, God says, having done all, stand, right? In other words, keep standing. Uh, he says, resist the devil. So when we're taught as a society just to fold and just to, yeah, just be nice, just keep the peace. That's not actually keeping the peace. Those, those are words, those are words that are said, but they're not actually good. And you can, I mean, you can look at the news headlines over the last couple of years, you can see the results of that. The whole political correct, you know, where everybody gets a trophy. You know, there are no superstars. There's no people that were diligent. It's everybody, everybody wins. That's not biblical. The word says in Galatians, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that we also reap. If you have a, a kid that goes out and he practices, you know, baseball for hours and hours and hours and um, other kids don't, that kid should do better, you know. Um, I forget where I was. I forget where I was recently, but... Um, uh, yeah, Jew and Greek, that's a great way to say that. He says, be bold, but don't fold. Be bold, don't fold. Yeah, um, it, that was, boldness is one of the markers of being with Christ. Remember in Acts chapter four, he said, he said these, they knew these men were uneducated, but they could tell they had been with Jesus because of their boldness and confidence. But uh, there's, a, there's a young kid, and I don't, I don't know the kid, but... Uh, I know that I was out riding my motorcycle multiple times, and uh, I went to this one place because there's a great view, and I've showed different people that place. And I went by there, and there's this house on the corner, and I saw this at least two to three times when I was out there. I was only out there like four, four or five times. 
and I saw it at least two or three times where this one kid was out there throwing the baseball, pitching the baseball back and forth. So how many times was he actually out there? In other words, this kid was practicing. He was working. He was doing what he needed to do. And, uh, man, I was like, good job, kid, you know. And uh, maybe he's bored. I don't care. But instead of sitting inside playing a video game, he was outside building that skill, playing. And I just really, you don't see much of that anymore. You see people that are not diligent. You know, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. Kevin said political correctness is in concert with deception. It is in concert. And so one of the things, when you see the whole mind frame of a a society bend towards this where everybody's a winner, then what you do is you, you stifle effort, you stifle diligence, you stifle... Uh, iron sharpening iron and healthy conflict. Uh, You stifle all of these things, and each one of those things goes against the word. Well, the devil knows this, and remember, the devil doesn't show up necessarily with horns and a pitchfork and say, I'm going to kill you, or I'm going to weaken you. Um, I'm going to steal from you. He doesn't do that. He said, he comes, and he takes one step at a time. I heard, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson recently, um, which uh, I don't know him. I don't know. I don't know his work or anything. What I have seen, what I do know about him is he's a thinker. And uh, one of the things, and I know that he's controversial, and uh, I like that. He he actually is polarizing. I think that that's good. It's not necessarily that the Lord wants everybody to be polarizing, uh, but it's good for people to make a decision. You know, you, and some people would say, well, God's not polarizing. Really? Really? Is that the case? Didn't he say, I'd rather you be hot or cold, right? And not, but don't be lukewarm. In other words, he, he puts, God is extreme. You know, he is extreme love. Uh, God is polarizing in himself. So you see, that's a, that's one of those thoughts of that politically uh, correct. I know it looks that way, do you agree? He said he's brilliant. Anyway, one of the things that he said, yeah, but he said Jesus came to bring a sword. In one point, and you have to understand the context of it, but he said, don't think that I came to bring peace. And what he was saying is, don't think that I came to bring a worldly type of peace. In other words, everything's just going to be tea cakes and roses. That's not, he said, no. He said, my doctrine, and that verse that Buddy just quoted, he said, my basically in context, my doctrine is going to polarize people, even families. You're going to have families that will turn in their own families. You're going to have brother against brother. You're going to see families because people either accept me or they don't. But one of the things that uh, Jordan was saying in what I saw the other day, he was saying, and I've known this, but I thought he articulated it very well, He said, if you want to move something, he said, all you do is you push people to the point of rebellion. So in other words, here's where you are. If you want to get here, if you push all the way there, there's going to be a rebellion. It's too far. He said, so what what you do, and see, this is how the devil operates. He pushes people till they're about to rebel, and then he backs off just just enough to keep them from rebelling. 
Once that becomes the norm, they, he pushes people till they're about to rebel again and then uh, backs off. And then once that becomes the norm, and see, that's why all the, you know, some of these statements on the new norm. And you can see that. You know, you can watch that. Just review the headlines in the last two years and you'll see how that works. People have to recognize, one time the Lord said this to me. He said, how does the devil tear down your defenses from him? How does the devil tear down the wall of defenses from him? Well, the Bible says the small fox ruins the vine, right? The Bible says the small fox ruins the vine. So how does the devil destroy those defenses? And the Lord said this to me, one brick at a time. He doesn't knock the whole wall down. He just keeps removing a brick. He just keeps removing a brick. That's it. One brick at a time. And then he said, how does the devil build a wall between you and others or between uh, you and God? And he says, it's the same answer, one brick at a time. So you see that pushing, pushing just enough, something that you'll get, you'll accept it and not stand up against and not resist. And all of a sudden, you'll find you have no protection or there's a wall of condemnation or a wall of of judgment uh, between you and God. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday in the message where I talked about what if you had somebody, you know, from one part of the city that was your enemy and then then you lived in another part of the city and both of these neighborhoods were enemies and then you were out and one of your so-called enemies helped you. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, that same guy ends up in your neighborhood and everybody there wants to kill them because they've heard bad things. They want, they want to do away with them. But you would say, no, no, this guy's actually good. And that's what the devil has done. There was, um, I was listening to a Bible study the other day and they quoted a movie. I knew the movie reference, uh, but the, in the movie reference, it's not necessarily a movie I would recommend, so I won't tell it to you. But here was the reference, and this is the truth. Or this is a, a truth, I believe. He said the greatest deception the devil ever pulled was to convince people that he wasn't real. And so one of the things that you have is you have the devil trying to stay in the background where nobody thinks that he's real, but all the time he's whispering in people's ears that God is the mean God. God's the one who's mad at him. God's not mad at you. There's, there's scripture uh, to tell you that in Luke Luke chapter 2 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think verse 19. He's not holding your sins against you. It says in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus came, he's got good news for of great joy for all the people. Then it goes on to say, for all the people with whom he is pleased. How could he be pleased? It's through Christ. So you have the devil trying to present, oh, you don't have any issues, but yet he keeps pushing. And then because of a weaker mindset that's been raised in our, in our society, you have nobody standing against them. They just accept it. I've been trying to get people for years, like, get ticked off at the devil. Stop letting him run over you. Stop letting him take that ground just enough ground so you won't rebel. That's why God said, that, <laughs> I thought you might, do agree. Uh, that's why God said, he said, I saw that movie. Uh, that's why God said, the small fox ruins the vine. That's why God said, 
Uh, don't despise small beginnings. It may look small, but it's not. And see, that's one of the deceptions that uh, the enemy has. He's like, well, this is just a little thing. Why are you flipping out over a little thing? See, that's one of those deceptions. So, uh, you know, I want to open this up today. If you have a comment or a question on that, uh, I know tomorrow, I'm not sure what our topic is tomorrow, but I know after we're done tomorrow, I'm going to do another live broadcast with Pastor John Culbertson. What he wants to talk about is the uh, mental state of America and how we need to be mentally strong. So we're going to talk about that some more tomorrow. That ought to be really good. I have not, I just didn't, I've really gotten a revelation of it recently, how much this is a problem. And uh, we were on the way to church. Buddy had come and picked me up, and we were on the way to church. And um, I was, and I'd got a testimony of something, and the Lord said, you need to, you need to teach on this mental strength. And uh, I, I would say that I was very blessed because I was raised in an environment and a home where mental strength was the norm. And to not have mental strength was, was definitely not the norm. And so because of that, it's one of my strengths today. It's one of those things. So what that means is let me, let me make sure that I share from that so that that become, can become normal to other people as well. But the Lord instructed me to start speaking on this. I didn't realize how important it was at the time, but I'm really starting to see it uh, right now. So uh, I want to ask you girls, um, girls, what have y'all seen in this area uh, either you've seen it in other people, you've had moments where uh, you've, not, you've not had that strength and you know you need to increase that. See, that's one of the biggest things <clears throat> is recognize, I need to increase in this. And one of the things that you'll see, and think about this, here's a part of mental strength, knowing that you never stop increasing. If you think that you don't increase or shouldn't increase in that, you're going to stop. You're going to stop doing that. But one of the things that we have to do is see that, no, I can't ever stop increasing. Look at this. In Luke 2.52, it says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, and which is maturity. Mental strength is maturity. And in favor with God and man. And then it says, I think it's in Isaiah 9, I believe it is. It might be 9.7. It says, of his kingdom, there's no end to his increase. See, we have this idea, we have this idea that we can stop increasing and that's okay. And that's a part of that downfall of our society is that there's no drive. It's just take what's given to me. Well, if you take that away, you're taking away a large portion of the Bible. This is all tied together and it flows together if we don't go at it biblically. So, amen. I got it right. Good. Isaiah 9, 7. So, girls. Well, I know I've been someone who's just tried to keep the peace. I haven't liked to stir the pot. And so I've just, I haven't been, sometimes I have, but not always rightly. I haven't always been, you know, that extreme that you were talking about. I've been like, well, because I don't want to do it and be wrong. I have been scared of that. So instead of trying to be extreme and then being wrong and missing it, I've just toned, tried to tone everything back. And if I'm right, great. If I'm wrong, 
great, few people see, it's not extreme. And there's been times that, uh, in particular, you have talked to me about that and how I need to get more just passionate about things right. that, that are like that. And I don't need to just hold it back. When I know that something's right, when I need to, you know, talking on here, preaching with y'all, I can't just be like, well, guys, there's a, this is a really life-changing message. But, you know, watch if you, watch if you want to. I'm not going to. No, guys, this is life-changing. You need to get this word out because yeah. this will change people's lives. And they need to hear this word. And there's a difference. And it's the same thing, but there's an extremity. And I think that's the right word. And there's sometimes where you just need to go for it. You just need to go for it. And if you miss it, oh, well, yeah. that's, that's yeah. noble failure. And the Lord's not going to be like, well, you tried, you failed, and, well, you're kicked out. Good yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not, that's not the Lord. He is merciful. And when you try and when you fail, he says, pick yourself back up. I'm here. You can do it. My mercies are new every morning. Keep trying and learn from it. And what's the fear of missing? of missing it, of messing up has held me back so much. And I can't think of a time that that whole been that being scared of going forward has been beneficial. I can't think of a single time. Right. There's been a few times that I've mistaken that and I needed to be quiet in a situation and I was, but it wasn't for the right reason. It wasn't because, hey, I know I need to be quiet right now out of respect and reverence. No, I was scared, and that's why I was quiet. And there's the why is very different, and it really matters a lot. That's something that I've been having to just get really strong in me because I haven't always been a very powerful person. I have sometimes, but not in the right situations sometimes. And that's where I've needed to, I've needed to hear this and just get a righteous passion for the things of God and be okay to step on people's toes if the Lord says it, because he sure did. (laughs) He sure did. And it was the best thing for those people. It's not like he did and like, oh, no mercy for them. I'm stepping on toes and that's just who I am. No, he did it because of love. He knew if if I can't get their attention to change, their lives will not be the best that they can be. It was because of love. And I've tried to be a person of love so much that I've toned it back. And while love in this situation wouldn't be strong and powerful, love looks soft and comforting and all this stuff. And that's a misconception. Jesus was soft and comforting, but he was also strong. He also fashioned the whip and drove the money changers out. And he was still in as much love then as he was when he was spending time with the children. You know, that's, that's something that I've had to realize because I, yeah. I haven't always. I've wanted to just always be a soft person, always a soft-spoken person and um, in every situation. And if I haven't been, even if I've been right, I've been like, ah, I missed it. I missed it. I, I was a little bit too crazy that day. I needed to tone it back. And that's not, that's not always true. Well, one of the things that you see, and we'll mark you come back to you in a second. So if you have something, just get that ready. But um, one of the things that you see is that when he talked about iron sharpening iron, 
you have to have a two forces that come together, and there has to be a friction uh, there. Now, that doesn't mean, because you have some people that they just have friction with other people just for the sake of having friction. And you don't, you know, that's the kind of person that everybody's walking on eggshells around. You don't want to be that person. You don't, you don't want everybody around you, you know, afraid to confront you or talk to you. Or you don't want to be the kind of person that they don't, they don't want to hear an hour-long monologue if, the, if you disagree with them. They don't have time for it. So that's not creating a safe harbor around you. You don't want to create friction for friction's sake, but you allow the truth of God to come through. And so if we're like just being nice to try and keep the worldly peace, but truth needs to be spoken here, now we're disregarding truth for peace, which is what Adam did in the garden when he tried to keep peace with his wife, but he disregarded the truth of what God had said. Well, obviously, that was a major, major problem. So you don't want to have friction. One ditch is just friction for friction's sake, and everybody around you, whether you know it or not, and it's a good question you know, to ask. It's, it, I find that it's good every now and then to just ask like people to be able to uh, give you input without knowing who said it and uh, see what people are really thinking and really saying. Uh, a good question that you can do is say, what do you think my three greatest strengths are and what do you think my three greatest weaknesses are? And then work on those weaknesses and keep giving to those strengths. But be aware, self-awareness is a big deal with emotional maturity, uh, walking in the fruit of the Spirit as well. So one ditch is friction for friction's sake. But the other ditch is that you're so nice that you, that you're, you become a pushover. And so you don't just be nice just to keep the worldly peace because God will send you. There's times where Jesus said nothing. He walked right by problems and didn't solve them because people didn't want them or, or he didn't create. He could have called them out, but he didn't. And then there's times where uh, he, he took it to them, you know, fashioned the whip that he's getting ready to drive them out of the temple with. So you have to have a balance that. So what is truth? And see what you follow. The answer to this, when do I engage, when do I not engage, uh, is truth. And what is truth? Truth is what will set you free, and that is all determined on what has God said. What has God said? How is the Holy Spirit leading you in that moment? And you have to watch, like if I have a bias towards doing nothing, I have to watch having a bias thinking, well, Holy Ghost, tell me not to engage right now. Well, if I have, if that's my normal ditch, maybe he is, maybe he's not. And what's going to happen is Holy Spirit's probably going to tell you to be more frictional than you're comfortable with. That's going to be middle ground. If my ditch is being more frictional, he's probably going to tell you to shut up more often, you know? And, uh, and both of them lead to us walking in that balance of, of both. But it all comes down to the Holy Ghost. What has God said? Which comes down to being led. Are you being led by God properly or not? And so we need this mental strength. One of the things that on, on this, amen, Sydney said, wow, that's what I, that is what Adam did. I know. <laughs> I know. And uh, so now look at this. 
Uh, I want you to see something. We had we read a book for our leadership team. Now I'm going to tell you this is not a Christian book. It is I would say a very real and close sampling of real life. Uh, it's called the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I had them get it ready. There it is. So if you go and get that book, it's not a it's not a long book. It's a short book. It's actually very interesting. Um, it's very very interesting book. Uh, fun to read, like it, it's interesting. But the whole point here is creating an environment where people can communicate, thought can grow, and where there's healthy conflict and they get sharper and sharper. And it is an excellent, excellent book on seeing that and seeing the importance of healthy conflict. That's a part of our leadership training here at the church. And uh, just in the room, ha- ha- have y'all seen where you didn't necessarily want to have healthy conflict all the time, but it's been beneficial? <laughs> but he said, yep, <laughs> you've seen it be beneficial. So, amen. All right, so I want to go back to Marky and see uh, what did you have on that? Well, it, it's interesting. It really goes back to a lot of what we talked about Thursday or Wednesday, Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, whatever day we were on. And I, I really realized, like, okay, if we're pursuing unity with Christ, number one, mm-hmm. if because sometimes you can think of like relationships and like, okay, this is a good relationship, this is a bad relationship. So the mm-hmm. good relationship, everything's going to be perfect. And yes, like there's going to be like when you're both headed in the same direction, there's going to be a a unity in that. Yeah. But the thing is, is I was we're, we were using Abby and I as, as an example, and I was like, okay. If I don't look 100% like Jesus right now, if I'm still going that way, and if I have the ability in my flesh to miss it, then there's going to be times where there's going to be that rub. And that has to be okay. And I was talking to Abby about it, and we were honestly like, I was realizing this as we were live talking. And I'm like, basically saying like, you have to be, we we have a relationship from the Lord, but you have to be willing to have that rub, that going against, like, my flesh in that way, you have to be yeah. able to do that potentially if I don't look like Jesus because if you're yeah. trying to pursue unity with me, mm-hmm. but, like, all, if, if that's number one, that n- might not always be that you're then in unity with Christ right. if I don't look exactly like him. Only right. if I look exactly like him is that going to work. But yeah. if I'm still growing then there yeah. needs to be times where you can shave off a piece, like shave <laughs> off and make it, make it smooth, have that, have that, um, yeah. that friction and everything. And I'm like, do that. <laughs> like, call, call me out if you need to. Like, don't be afraid of that, you yeah. know? But, um, you know, one thing I was thinking of with uh, just with this topic. So mm-hmm. a couple, was it a couple weeks ago last week whenever you started the Talking, I guess it was a couple of weeks we started talking yeah. about being mentally strong. Yeah. And um, just to kind of call myself out and be really honest. So the day Pastor is talk is a phenomenal message. Pastor's yeah. talking about being mentally strong. And he starts giving <laughs> off, he starts giving up like the checklist like yeah. of what is being mentally strong, what is being like mentally like having a weak mind and, and stuff. And he's like going through it and I'm like, Oh no! <laughs> it's like that is me. I'm the. I have. I have so many things on the weak mind one, and I'm like thinking about the past few years, and I'm like, that's why. <laughs> that's why there have been struggles 
with the weak, yeah. the weak mind. So, and pastor's preaching and everything. And he's like, if anyone's in condemnation, don't be. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Too late. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I know in my head, I'm like, yeah, don't be in condemnation, Marky. But there was definitely temptation of a condemnation to be there. So then, because of the temptation of condemnation about being in a weak mind, it, it led me to give in to having a weak mind. And I was like, I'm in this cycle that's bad. And I like, need to get yeah. out of the cycle. So I started to just kind of like, just kind of take on the weight of that. Of, oh, no, I'm not where I want to be. Right. And um, I was talking to Pastor Nicole about it. And something she said really helped me with that because I needed to mm-hmm. I needed to see the truth of the the revelation of the weak mind versus the strong mind and everything. But I also needed to not be in condemnation about it. Right. And she, Pastor Nicole, was saying, you know, I've been and this is maybe many others. I've been like building a muscle that's like new, been working this muscle, and then it. When it started to kind of, it started to kind of get a little tired and everything. And so I stopped. I gave up on it instead of continuing to build it. And it reminded me uh, years ago, I was at Disney World for like three days straight. And uh, (laughs) Barrett's looking at me because I'm mentioning a Disney World story. I was at Disney World for like three days straight, like like opening to close. And my legs started to get so sore. I'm walking miles and miles and miles a day walking in the heat and my legs got so sore by the second day man I was like I was just sitting on the ground in Disney World it's like filthy but that's how bad my legs hurt yeah my knees and everything and I remember the next I was thinking how am I going to do this I have a whole other day of this I don't know how I'm going to do this and the third day I continued with that same schedule and what was amazing was by the end of that day, I had zero pain in my legs. This, is, yeah. wasn't, this wasn't even supernatural healing or anything. This was just physically. I had no pain in my legs because I had worked the muscles so much that it became strong that fast. Yeah. And by the third day, I could then do what I had been doing with no pain. Yeah. But if I had stopped, right. if I actually hadn't continued while that muscle was kind of sore and growing... I actually probably, I would have been in more pain than if I had kept going and working through that and building that muscle. And I was like, how is this possible? Because I wanted to give up. And it really reminded me of that with this mental strength thing. Like I'm building a muscle, but even if it's like, or even if the enemy tries to make it like, oh, get weary and well doing. No, I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it until it's strong, until I have a strong mind. And that um, is something that the Lord's been speaking to me about through this broadcast. Amen. Well, and I I watch people do this all the time. I heard another report of it not too long ago where people will not be working out and then they'll go to work out and like, let's say that they have knee pain. And what they don't realize is the pain that they're actually having is the strengthening of their joints, the muscles around those joints and the ligaments. But then they will stop exercising because their knees are hurting or something something like that, like what you're uh, describing. Not realizing that if you don't continue now, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. It's not going to improve. It's going to get worse. 
You, in other words, the problem's already there, and what you're experiencing is how they were weak already. Well, it's the same way with healthy conflict. If all you have is problems with people around and you never work on uh, it, on getting better at your interactions and you never work at getting better in your mental strength, it's just going to get worse. It's just going to deteriorate in that way. And, and you know, people are waiting a lot of times. Yeah, Jew and Greek said no pain, no gain. A lot of times people are waiting for God to magically zap them. We talked about that yesterday in the... In the um, message as well. God God is already done everything he needs to do. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That means we reach out and grab what God has already paid for. So one of the things that's very important for us to see and to realize is that we have a responsibility to be diligent. And God's a rewarder of them that are diligent, but we can't sit on our duff, and and wait for everything to happen. You hear from God, and then you go after it. You know, like mental strength. That's not something you have to hear a word from heaven. Hey, you need to be mentally strong. He's already given us that context in the word when he, when he says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy is a mental strength. When he says, take every thought captive, you have to have a mental strength. You don't have to wait to hear a word from God on that. You already have a word from God, and when you have a word from God, it's it's our responsibility to go after that and not sit back and wait for God to zap us, to make us mentally strong, to make us a good communicator and enjoying you know the people that were around. No, God's God is not doing that like a magic bullet. You know, He shoots you from heaven with this magic arrow, and all of a sudden you're a good communicator. No, that's not how it works because these things come, you overcome the world or the lack that you find, the corruption that you find in the world by faith. And faith doesn't mean to sit there, and it doesn't mean just sit there and believe that God can. It means to believe that he can, he will, he paid for it, and I'm taking it. The Faith literally means I'm taking that, now, now, now. <laughs> Barrett said, I've wished so much that God would zap. <laughs> Most people have because everybody pretty much has because we've been lazy. We've been irresponsible. <laughs> and that's what we have to fix. We can't be irresponsible and lazy about our mental strength, about our communication, about healthy conflict, about creating an environment. You know, this, this work environment here, I, I love these guys. This, we honestly, we have created one of the most healthy environments ever that I've ever worked in, and they may or may not know it, but it's one of the best environments to work in, and we've created it here. And if they went somewhere else, they would find out that it's not like that everywhere. But my point is, I want you to hear this. Although we have one of the best environments to work in here at Boomerang and at, on Lunch Plus, we still have days that there's some tension, and we have to work through it. We don't shy away from it. We, we jump into it, you know. We go into it with, all right, because why? We are in covenant together. We don't get to just shun somebody because I don't like how you said that. No, we're in covenant together like we should be with us and with God, 
And so if there's an issue or a rub, we get down to the bottom of it. We don't leave it sitting there causing a callus between between ourselves. We deal with it. It was a few weeks ago, I don't know what, a month ago, we're all sitting in here and everybody's like, ooh, ooh, this tension. But we don't have it all the time, but we needed to have a conversation, a family conversation. And everybody in here, I'm a, I'll just give you the tally. Everybody that's in here, how many people enjoyed that moment? You enjoyed it. You liked it in your flesh, in your flesh. You liked the moment. Nobody in here liked the moment. How many people saw the benefit, though, of pushing through? Everybody. Everybody in here. So in other words, that's exactly Hebrews 12, 11 coming to pass. All discipline. For, and it was a discipline for us to have a mental strength and, and have that little coming against each other communicating, not in an argument way, but a loving way with the truth. We had to work through some things. And uh, then we walked away from it stronger than we'd ever been, just like two guys that have been in the foxhole together. You know, I heard a story the other day of a guy that had been in, in action in the military. He had seen, uh, you know, combat, and he walked out and kind of, I don't want to go again. But then they said, do you want to go back? And he, and he said, I'll go back. And they said, why would you do that? He said, it's not for the war. It's not for the politicians. It's for my brother that's standing next to me that we've gone through some, I need, I need to be there for him. There's something that happens when people have, go through pressure together and they come out on the other side. There is something that happens and it will knit a, a group together and a family together in, in the love of God and the truth of God, and it is awesome. But we can't shy away from these things. We have to say, hey, no, this needs to be dealt with. One of the worst problems with political correctness and this non-resisting, you, know, you know, this lack of resistance is people don't deal with problems. It's the same thing with like Facebook. Keep in mind, the devil is always trying to separate people and keep them in their own little bubble because if he can isolate them, get them on an island by themselves, separated from the group, separated from the pack, he can destroy them. He can eat them up just like wolves with deer, just, just like lions with zebras. You know, If he can isolate them, he's got them. Why? Because he can just sit there and they've got no support. God designed us to support each other. He always wants to get somebody alone off by themselves and, and not communicating. We have to push into that. And, and see, a lot of times on Facebook what happens or any social media is somebody will just throw a comment up there and they think they're right because all of their friends agree with them. But all of their friends might not be the world. That just because your friends agree doesn't make you right. You know, but when you come into a group that likes you or doesn't like you, you know, and you come into the whole sampling, now you find out what actually flies, what actually carries some weight or not. And so part of what we've seen in social media is people self-verifying themselves or being verified by their own groups because they're not willing to actually come together with other people that may have a different thought. And so because of that, uh, it weakens them, it weakens their position, and then when, when they find out or get some pressure back, they're like, you're just intolerant. No, I'm not intolerant, I'm just walking in truth. 
You know, you, you see, and it leads to that and leads to an explosive conflict instead of healthy conflict. Amen. So continuing on with this, I think uh, Barrett and Buddy have some things to say. Hello. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> what? I just didn't know if it surprised you that we're not Abby and Marky. Yeah, we changed. Um, we're not them. Yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely not. But, um, I mean, not in a bad way. I'm just saying, I'm... I'm, I'm no not, tension here. No tension here. We'll so have a conversation. Did you have something um, that you wanted to share with people? Uh, um, no. No, actually, no. All, all of this has really helped uh, me a lot. Like, whenever you asked... Um, like, do you like co conflict? Um, and I said, nope. <laughs> nope, not me. I, like, I've never enjoyed it. Like, it's my flesh has always wanted to just kind of avoid those situations. But, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about here a lot is healthy conflict. And, yeah. Um, you know, because not all conflict is good, but not all conflict is bad. Yeah. And I always, yeah. I always, you know, Great. in my flesh just identified conflict bad, which isn't the case. Um, because there is healthy conflict. There is, hey, that, that you know, iron sharpened iron, that friction that comes, comes together, w which causes us all to increase. And one of the things that the Lord's really shown me since, since I've been here, especially in regard to, to healthy conflict, is, you know, if I'm avoiding conflict, what I'm actually doing is I'm hindering myself from growth and I'm mm -hmm. hindering the people around me from growth. Um, because if I avoid it, neither of us are being sharpened and we're yeah. not growing. But when, when that friction takes place, see, because what love will do, love doesn't, just, love doesn't just ignore conflict and call it love. That's what a lot of people do. Oh, I yeah. love them, so I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to offend them or anything like that. That's not love. No, what love will do is lo love desires for everyone, the whole body, to grow. And so if I love the body, if I love the people around me, I'm going, I'll bring things up in, in a p place of healthy conflict. Yeah. So that they can grow and I can grow, mm -hmm. you know, because I could be missing it, they could be missing it, but really the only way that we can actually find what's yeah. right is by coming together and saying, all right, let's put this on the altar of the word, my, 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 how I see it, how you see it, let's come together because Jesus did say strive for the unity. Yeah. You know, and, and so when, lost my shoe, when, um, when, you know, we Great. come together and allow that iron to sharpen iron, that's, that's love in action. That, that's, lo love doesn't avoid conflict. Love, mm -hmm. love welcomes healthy conflict and looks for a way to make it right. Yeah. No, it's that's true. Uh, Marky put up, if I'm avoiding conflict, it shows there's also a lack of trust yeah. that needs to be built. And mm -hmm. it, it's true. You know, of, of the people in the room, like I would say I'm the one who's, typically been on the other ditch of things where I haven't minded conflict as much. I haven't minded being the abrasive person as much. And, you know, I, I was laughing. You probably heard me laugh through the microphones. I was laughing when Pastor was talking about, like, being the person that goes on the hour-long monologue, like, defending their point. Because I'm like, yeah, no, I've done that probably more recently than I would like to admit. <laughs> but the thing that's happened in being here at the church and having the opportunity, specifically on the ELT, is I've been here now for over eight years on that team for all, going on eight years next month. And I've seen a variety of people come in and come out. And when that team started, I was so nervous 
being on the team. I was the youngest person there. I was in my 20s. Everybody else was at least a decade older than I was. And I wanted to prove myself. And I didn't trust that the Lord would help me. I felt like I needed to defend myself all the time or prove that I, that I knew where <clears throat> that I would, I had reason to be there. And one thing that pastor and I have talked about a lot and you see it normally the loudest person in the room oftentimes is the most insecure person in the room right. a lot of times. And in that situation, that's who I was. I would be the loudest person, the most abrasive, the most confrontational, because I want to show you how smart I was. But it was because I was so insecure with myself and with other people that I thought, if I can show you that I'm this good, not only is it going to help keep away the people that don't need to be around me, but it's going to protect myself. And what I ended up doing was isolating myself from a team that I needed very much to be knitted together with. And so over the years, through so much wise counsel from pastor, <laughs> so much, I've gotten more, more and more comfortable with the moments of, okay, shut up, let other people talk, shut up, let other people have their opinions, learn, listen. And the great benefit of that pastor talking about the team that we have here right now in the room, every person thinks different. Yeah. Praise God, every person thinks different because if everyone thought like me, we might get a lot of the stuff, we might get a lot of the stuff done that I like doing, but we'd never have some of the creativity that Buddy brings because Buddy has a supply that I don't have. We wouldn't have all of the detailed stuff that Marky brings to the table because my brain doesn't naturally think that way. We wouldn't have like so much like family camaraderie that Abigail brings because that's just naturally what flows out of her. We wouldn't have like the leadership that Pastor Brian carries because that's something he has. But every person comes with a supply. And so if I'm not mentally strong enough to hear your opinion that's different than mine, I'm missing out on a supply that I need. I desperately need the supply of each person in this room or else it doesn't work. It will not work if it's just up to me. And right. a good team should think differently, should have those different perspectives because you're going to look at, I mean, you do. Buddy looks at stuff in a totally different way than I do. Abby looks at stuff completely differently than I do. So does Marky, so does Pastor. And so if I just go in thinking I know right I am right. It's my way or the highway. I'm going to miss out on a supply on a facet of God because they represent the king the same way I do. So if I'm limiting them, I'm limiting God. And I needed to get to the point where I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. If I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in trouble because <laughs> I need people that are smarter than me, that are more skilled than I am to make me better doesn't mean I'm less. It doesn't mean that you're less. It means I'm going higher because these people are going to propel me higher than I could have propelled myself. And that's how a team works. Amen. I mean, there, there's, we're on leadership and mental strength now. Like this is, this is my, one of my favorite things to talk about, but this is, you know, already at one. <laughs> read, uh, read uh, Nicole's comment, if you would. Embracing healthy conflict is not seeking conflict out, but it is seeking to grow and sharpen each other for the glory of God and the betterment of us as his ambassadors. Amen. 
It's true. If, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning who was sharing something about their day yesterday. And it's almost like the brain, when you're insecure, the brain looks for conflict. It's like, I, this didn't go well. I think this person's mad at me. This didn't go right. So I think this is a problem. And when we just, we choose to believe the best, like yesterday there was an opportunity with Buddy and I where I, I should have communicated something different. I just kind of went up and was more brash. And I'm like, Buddy, why did this happen? He's like, I don't know. And it, I should have handled it differently. And praise God, Buddy knows me enough to know that I'm not looking to be ridiculous in those moments. I'm looking to grow. He's looking to grow. And so a couple minutes later, I found him. I'm like, I should have done better. And he's like, you're okay. I could have done better too. And that's what happened. When we look to grow together, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Like it's, it's going to be fine. If somebody gets irked with you for a moment, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it on the other side. A month ago when we had the conflict, it was okay. (laughs) It was awkward for a little bit, but we left better. Because we all know yeah. that we love one another mm-hmm. and love endures all things yeah. all the time. Love always endures and it never fails. So even when it feels like everything's breaking and it's not working and this person's irritating me and this is the blah, blah, it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be fine because the Lord loves you and he's going to help you work it out. But we've got to trust that. Yeah. Amen. Well, the, um, our audience has been quiet today. <laughs> they I just have read not, Kevin's. <laughs> they have, yeah, uh, they have not responded. A couple of comments here and there, but they've not asked many questions. I think they've been listening and taking it in. But if you have any questions, put them in right now because we're getting ready to end the broadcast. But uh, I thank you guys for your input today and and um, just felt like we were supposed to have a healthy chat. Did you feel like you had a healthy chat? <laughs> it was healthy. Kevin said earlier, he said, I need to watch this like seven times. And uh, I don't know why seven stuck out, but that was that was funny. So it, is that what it is in the number of perfection? <laughs> it's going to click. It's going gonna, it's gonna to catch. Yep. There, no, but we do. We need to see these things and listen to them again. And this is something I love about Kevin is he actually will go back and watch them and see those again. That is something that's actually very good. I'll do that. I'll watch. I'll hear a certain message. I'll save it, come back to it, listen to it again in that way. And um, that's. this is one last little point before we wrap up is this, is patience, you know, Patience is a function of mental strength and not being distracted. When you're talking, you know, a lot of times we're distracted because we're not mentally diligent enough, strong enough in our mind to keep ourselves on focus and keep ourselves on task. We have to find how that works for us, but you can't just say, well, I'm just distracted. No, you, you can do what you want to do. Uh, you, you just have to decide to. And uh, you have to make a decision, I'm going to do this. Many times, many times, I'll be in the middle of service, somebody will be preaching, and I'm thinking, I've preached all of these things. But see, what I've realized is it's the Word of God, and it's strong, and it's powerful. And even what I think I know, what I think I know, 
uh, can be added to, can be multiplied to. God is giving more. And his word, there's layers. Well, it's like that, not just in the word. The word is obviously head and shoulders above anything else. But it's like that in, in other areas as well. You get deeper revelations as you meditate on a scientific principle or you understand different parts of grammar. There, there's revelations that you will get. Uh, some of those can be from the Lord, but some of them can just be logical and physical as well. The issue is this, that if we're always distracted and we're not patient, that's not mental strength. And what's going to happen is our revelation is going to be very shallow. It's going to be very shallow. Yeah. We want to be the people that, that get into the revelation that God has. Even Paul in Romans 11.33, he's he's sitting there, the Apostle Paul who wrote over half of the New Testament, and he's sitting there and he goes, oh, the depths, you know, oh, the width and the depth of the wisdom of God. In other words, he was just meditating more and more on how big God is, how good God is, and he was getting revelation. He was not staying shallow, even though most people would not say he was shallow. What he was showing you in that moment is there's so much more to God, and I'm not going to stop going after it. We can't just be shallow because we're making a paycheck. You know, if you made a million dollars a year, you should not stop increasing. If you made a billion dollars a year, you should not stop increasing. But a lot of times, the reason I use money is because a lot of times money is someone's marker. That's the marker that determines whether or not they'll push, whether or not they'll grow, whether or not they will increase in, in the things of God. We can't just get satisfied and comfortable and stop. We must increase. Remember in the parable of the talents, he gave every one of them talent. Some had more, some had less, but all of them were required to increase those talents. All of them. You couldn't bury them. That was the wicked servant. So we must increase. We must be mentally strong on that. We have to be patient. We have to be focused in. Learn how to learn how to sit there. I was just actually, I was thinking just a few minutes ago on this broadcast how the Lord, I've studied faith for decades now. I've studied faith for decades, but I'm coming into a revelation of faith that I've never had before because when I heard people talking about faith, I didn't shut off and allow myself to get distracted. So I'm coming into, I'm coming more and more out of the shallows and into the depths of revelation about faith. I'm understanding some of the dynamics of it, the inner workings of it. But it's because when somebody's spoken about faith that I've been studying for decades, I didn't go, oh, I've heard this before, and then let my mind wander and drift. No, be mentally strong, mm -hmm. and God will increase you. What are you doing? You're honoring God with that. If you say, I'm going to be mentally strong, and I'm going to focus, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, right? In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's diligently seeking God, and he will reward you. It's honoring God. Those that honor me, he says, those that honor me, I will honor. Mm -hmm. And those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. This is a part of honoring God. Don't take, don't take the world's definition of what's normal. Well, some people just have a hard time paying attention. They're undisciplined. 
They're un, pure and simple. It's, it's a lack of discipline. I understand that some people may have a greater ease or a greater fight with that. But regardless, all of us can believe God to help us. We can discipline ourselves into faith to believe God to not be distractive and, and stay on task. This is something we need to do. Many people, are they're, not, they're just taking the world's report and believing that is gospel instead of all things are possible with God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They're not taking that report uh, from God. They're taking it from the world, and immediately they're kept. Immediately they have a cap on. That is what the Lord says is a wicked servant because you have you have the ability to believe for more and believe for increase, and you're just saying, no, I'm fine, right? We don't want to do that. We want to get in front of God and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, so today, as we talk about that, uh, Grayson said, healthy conflict is something I need to learn. I've been always been afraid and uh, shied away from conflict, but I'm believing to increase in that area. Amen. We agree with you, Grace, and that is awesome. Amen. Ab- I, yeah, sorry. Abby said you can you can do what you set your mind to. Amen. Mark, you said be mentally strong, and God will increase you. Go ahead. With with Grayson's comment, it came up a few minutes ago, and when it did, the Holy Spirit brought something up to me. I'd been thinking on earlier while the girls were talking, and. What that was, was I, what I've noticed with myself, with other people, is where there's that, that fear of conflict, it's come down to a lot of the times experience of what negative conflict has looked like. Like you've tried to have a conversation with somebody and it's gone really poorly. Or there's the fear of if I bring up something that maybe the other person is doing incorrectly, I'm going to lose them in my life. And I had that fear too. And what the Lord's shown me is I can't allow experience and I can't allow others' actions to determine whether or not I abide in his principles. And his principles are, you know, love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, but love also goes to a brother when you have an alt with them. Like yes. love communicates in that way. Abby put it in the comments. Love, your mental strength is communication. How important it is to communicate. If I'm too scared to talk to buddy, then really what that proves is I don't believe the love of God in him toward me. I'm not believing the best in him. Or that God will help you. Or that God will help me in communicating. And so that's, that's really been the difference maker for me when it's come to having healthy conflict is truly trusting it will be okay. Like the example here in the ministry that I have is with Deb. Those of you who know Deb Aldridge, when she and I first started on the ELT, we started on at the same time and Deb and I butted heads so much. Like, there was one advance. Yeah, you weren't there yet. There was one advance a couple years ago. Pastors like, I watched this for years and I'd pair them up together and hope, well, they're either going to work it out or it's going to be f- interesting to watch. <laughs> but like we just butt heads all the time. We loved each other, but we'd butt heads. And instead of properly communicating to her, I'd go and complain about her to Pastor Nicole or I'd complain about her to George or something like that because I didn't really believe that she would love me. But what Pastor Brian shared earlier about when you go through stuff, you see 
like there's a strength in that relationship. And that's what the Lord has brought is it was rocky at the beginning, our work dynamic, our friendship dynamic. But as we went through things together and we're willing to have uncomfortable conversations of, I think this is wrong. Well, I think this is wrong or I don't like this. Well, I don't like as we went through that together. She's one of the people who I know no matter what life throws my way, I have her and she has me and it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it together, even in those moments where it doesn't feel like it. So I'm not scared to bring things to her anymore. And so no matter what's happened in the past, what other people have done, when it's a God connection, that connection will stay secure. And even if it doesn't, God's still on your side. He's going to work things out for you. He's going to protect you and preserve you and keep you and help you. And it's going to be okay. Because Romans 8, 28 says he works all things together for good for those who love him. So he, it's going to be okay. No matter what it looks like in the moment, it's going to be okay. Amen. 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 And I'll remind you, I'm going to send this out again right now. I'll remind you of that book. We'll put it in the description of the video as well. But The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, it's by Patrick Lindsay only. And um, that book shows you how bad, uh, unhealthy conflict or no conflict can completely break down a team, a business, a church, an organization. And um, it's, like I said, it's not a Christian book, although I, I believe the guy knows some things about God. It's not a Christian book, but it is a tremendous book. We actually read that going into our planning uh, last year, and everybody was like, wow, we needed to see that. And um, uh, it was just, yeah. it was really good. I highly recommend it. It's, like I said, it's not a big book. It's easy to read. I didn't want to put it down. I enjoyed it's a story. It's like a fiction, but you see these points in it. So, it's on Audible, too. On Audible, yep. So the link will show you. That should take you to Audible as well if you want that. So I want to show you something. I said I put it in the comments. Then go and If you would like to give today, you can go to giveww.org. The Lord has given me something specific. As I was sitting here today, as Barrett was wrapping up, the Lord said, I want you to share on this. So this is specific for today. I want you to hear this. We were talking today about increase, and if you look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, you're going to see a principle of Jesus and a principle of God, and of course, we are to follow Jesus. He is our example. So Luke 2.52 said, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and in stature, which is maturity, and in favor with God and man. So this is not just a spiritual increase. This is a physical increase and a spiritual increase. But what do we see that Jesus did? He kept increasing. All right, now let's look at Isaiah chapter 9. I mentioned this verse earlier. Verse 7, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Now, what do we see again? A principle of God and a character of God. He keeps increasing. There will be, in this, in this case, there will be no end to his increase. Do you understand? That doesn't mean that things will just be well. He will increase in peace, increase in government, and it won't stop increasing, right? 
in Proverbs, I think it's 4.18, I think it is. It says that every step of the righteous should grow brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. In other words, it, it should be an absolute increase an into absolution. It should be so bright that there's nothing brighter than that. And if you're not there yet, it should be increased. It's a constant increase. Now, here's the question that I want you to see is, are you sowing for never-ending increase? Are you believing God for never-ending increase? Of course, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And so the concept there is, if you sow a little, you're going to get a little. But if you sow a lot, you're going to get a lot. The issue is, I had this several years ago. The Lord said to me, he said, I want you, he said, I want you to start giving personally into the people of God that I've connected you with. I want you to personally give to them uh, every time you see them. And so if I was at an event, I would, I would, give them some money just as a gift to them, and uh, just, I love them. And I wanted to sow into them. And uh, the Lord led me to do that. And then I think I started, I think I started with $50. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, I think I started with $50, and very shortly after that, the Lord increased that so that every time I saw them, um, I would, he said, I want you to increase it. I want you to increase what you're sowing. Okay, here's the question again. Put it in the comments. Am I sowing for increase? Am I sowing for never-ending increase? See, if the issue is, let's say that God has, let's say that God has, he's already set the tithe. The tithe, uh, the tithe is set at 10% of your increase. Uh, but the offering, that's the thing that we determine. And our offering, what we have to give, the seed given to the sower, is determined by the purposed heart. What do I purpose in my heart? Am I sowing for never-ending increase? Which basically is asking the question, have I purposed in my heart to sow for never-ending increase? That means that my offering will continue to increase. The tithe will stay at 10%, which should grow because my increase should grow. So that's going to grow naturally. But is my offering set to never end in increase? In other words, am I, watch this, it's not am I giving more now, am I right in my heart? Have I purposed and been intentional in my heart to grow it? You know, so I'll, I'll give you this. So when I started giving that, when Nicole and I started giving that, very quickly after that, uh, the Lord said, every time you see, you know, one of your mentors, and I'm going to share amounts with you because I, the only reason I'm sharing amounts is it shows you something that's going on. I want to show you that thought for increase. Normally, I won't share with amounts, but I'm sharing it today. If you're watching, you'll hear this. It may mean something to you. Now, watch. Um, one of the things that happens here, it's funny. You're talking about money and the numbers drop off. It's like they, this is actually what's going to increase your life, but people, people don't esteem the right things. Wasn't I just talking about being patient and paying attention? And then I said, the Lord gave me something special for you today. This is going to break you through. 
I'm not even asking you to give. I'm just giving you what to break through. This is what I mean about being mentally strong. You have to recognize when when the time to drop off is and, and isn't. You have to recognize when that mental strength is is basically telling you to be diligent and be disciplined, right? Now you're here. You're going. You're going to receive from them. I understand that people have to go, and some people will come back to it. But here's what I'm giving you. All right. So now I want you to see this is I want you to increase. I want you to never stop increasing. In order to increase, God obviously connects. The amount that you are sowing is important. Now, sometimes you'll hear, well, what you're sowing is not important. Just be obedient, okay? And that and that is true. Just be obedient. The amount can be small or it can be big, but obviously to God, at some point, he is going to say, you need to sow more. That's why that scripture is written, you know, uh, whatsoever man sows, that will he also reap. That's why he says, if you'll sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly, right? In other words, what you sow is going to change your harvest. Now, God's not putting you in condemnation over what you don't sow, but he is telling us, believe for increase in our sowing. Put that in the comments. I need to believe for increase in my sowing. If you don't believe for increase in your sowing, then your harvest is going to stay the same place that you are right now. How many of you want your harvest to stay the same as what it is right now? I don't. I'm believing for increase, but I have to move towards that. And and in order to move to that place, I have to purpose in my heart to be a sower. I have to purpose in my heart to increase, not just sow, but to increase my sowing. So one of the things that you see is this. Many people, let's say that they're making a you know $100,000 a year individually. They're paying their bills. They have a little bit extra to spend. They're giving 10% in tithe, so they're giving $10,000 in tithe. They're giving 5% in offering, so they're giving $5,000 in offering, and their harvest is right there. But see, what you start to see is that harvest is going to keep being at that same place, the same place, the same place. Year to year, it's going to stay the same unless they purpose in their heart to increase their sowing. That doesn't mean that the day they purpose in their heart, they change. But you purpose in your heart, and what you've purposed in your heart, God will give seed to the sower. So if I purpose in my heart at that moment... Now I'm going to give, I'm not going to give just 5000 a year. I'm purposing in my heart to give an extra 5000 So I'm going to give a total of 10000 in the tithe and now 10000 in the offer, offering. Now what happens is God will say, okay, here's your bonus to get you there. In other words, here's a bonus for an extra uh, t- you know, 7500 a year. You purposed in your heart for that 5000 to be seed, the other twenty five. A hundred is just an automatic overflow, but now I have more seed in the ground. So I'm purposing myself for increase. So when we did this, I want you to see this. When we decided to start giving to the people of God that the Lord had connected us to, we have you know basically six of those six of those couples in our lives, and uh, you know in in any given week. I can see one of them. I can be around them in a meeting. It's not every week, but I had one week where I saw 
uh, one, two, three of them in a week, I think. And I had, and then the Lord gave me this instruction. He said, uh, he said with this instruction, he said, I won't, I said, how often do I give to him? Cause I mean, I see him if I'm at a meeting, I see him Monday, I see him Tuesday, I see him Wednesday, you know, that's three different times I'm seeing them. And, uh, he said, give to them once per event. So in other words, if I'm coming together at a meeting in another town, I'll give them I'll give them one time, and then if I go to another meeting next week, that's a second event. Well, one day, one week, I saw the same mentor in our life three different events, and I'm I'm going to tell you what my flesh was saying. Well, you've already given to them once. You can't keep doing this. That's not even logical. Now, this is not for everybody. This, this is obedience for Brian and Nicole. That's what he told us to do. It's not necessarily what he's telling you to do, but this is what he told us to do, and so we were following. But I want you to hear this. So then uh, the Lord said, go from $50 to $100 every time you see him. Well, now just think about that and think about the math. What That one week where I saw the one three times, it was three separate events. That was 100 for the first event, a hundred for the second event, a hundred for the third event, and then I saw one or two other of my mentors at one of those events too. That's five hundred dollars in a week. Five hundred dollars in a week that I'm sowing as gifts and sowing into their lives. So when the Lord went from fifty dollars. That would have been two hundred fifty. Now he's at now he's at a hundred each time. That's at five hundred dollars. Well, do you have an extra five hundred dollars in your budget? You know, just laying around that you can throw. Maybe you do, and if so, praise God. But not everybody does. I didn't have that extra in my. But here, I want you to see this. I want you to see it because I had purposed in my heart to increase. I said, Lord, I'm believing you that when I'm in front of them, I will have the money in my hand. I'm not believing to like sow from something I don't have. I'm believing that I'll have the money in my hand. And I'm going to tell you, every single time I've come in front of them, many times right before I went to go see them, somebody would put something in my hand and I'd be able to give it to them. I had it every time. I'm going to tell you, at the beginning of this, I didn't have that. I didn't have that extra. But now I do, and I don't remember the last time that I didn't. The Lord wants to increase you, but are you sowing for increase? They can put the graphic, keep the graphic up. And But here, are you sowing, thank you, Sammy, are you sowing for increase? Are you sowing for increase? Are you believing for increase? Are you believing for that seed? Well, after that, not long. That one actually, That not long after that, I think I did that for about a year, the Lord said, are you believing me for increase? I said, I am believing you for increase. Glory to God. He said, good, raise it to 200. 200? <laughs> like, Lord, I don't, I, logically and on paper, I don't have that. I didn't have that at that time. He said, he said are you believing me for increase? I said, I am. I'm going to tell you, when I made that decision, that was easier than the hundred was. The switch to the hundred was easier than that, and I and I had it every single time. Why? Because I was believing God for increase. God's word 
worked. The issue is, are you sowing for increase or have you purposed in your heart to increase your sowing? If you'll purpose in your heart to increase for sowing, God will get seed to the sower. I'm not telling you you have to give today at all. I'm just saying I'm giving you a nugget that has changed our life. Think about that, that same week where I saw the one mentor three times, saw the other one. That's $1,000. That's $1,000 extra in the budget simply because we believed God for increase. He's not a respecter of persons. If he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. He is a respecter of faith, and I want you breaking free. Amen. Brandy said, I need to believe for increase in my son. We all do. We all need to increase. The, amen. Abby said, God's word works. Are we going to work it? I, I'm telling you, and not too long ago, the Lord said, he, he, he started talking to me, are you ready for increase? I was like, yes, because <laughs> I know what's coming next, you know, because he doesn't normally, he normally doubles stuff with me. Are you believing God for increase? Yes. What does that mean? That means I need to believe God for that extra to be there, right? You can see where this is going. But guess what? Every time we've done that, man, the Lord has come through. We are believing God for increase, for increase, for increase. We're believing him for increase, and we're seeing the fruit of that. That In 2 Corinthians 9 says, if you'll purpose in your heart to sow, He said, God gives seed to the sower. If you are a sower truly in your heart, God will give you seed. That's seed that he wasn't going to give until you purposed in your heart. So we're not talking about your normal everyday budget. This is over and above where you are now. He will give seed over and above where you are now. But you have to purpose in your heart for increase. You have to purpose in your heart to increase your sowing. You can't just sit still for the rest of your life. We've been talking about that. It takes some mental discipline. It takes believing on God, but God will meet your faith and he will turn things around. I've seen it too many times. He is true to his word. Amen. Did this bless you today? Did you get something out of it? Are you going to believe God for increase? So whatever it is that people have given today, Lord, I just ask that you bless it. Press it down. Shake it together, Lord. Let it overflow into their lives. Let them live a life of increase in Jesus' name. A life of increase. Lord, let them live a life filled and overflowing with the increase of God in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you so very much. We'll be back tomorrow, and have a great, great day. Thank you guys for all of your input. We love you. Thank you for being here with us. Share the broadcast, like, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Get ready for Wednesday. Here it comes. All righty. <laughs> it's time for announcements. Lunch plus Christmas party this Wednesday. Two days away. Two. Only two. So mm. mark your calendar. Get ready to be here. Buddy has turned pastor into old Santa, which you know means it's going to be a great time. We have so... Guys, we have so many people coming. So many. So many. Don't you know? Uh, I was actually talking to, it's what I had, Pastor. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I was talking to the team earlier. Like, as of this morning, we had 18 people who were going to be here for the party, like, in person. If you want to come and be a part of the Lunch Plus Christmas party, come watch. You are welcome to. If you are anywhere nearby, we would love to have you. Come be a part of it. But it's going to be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Do you have anything else? Uh, I don't think there's anything else for me, from me, from to, for the people. You don't have anything else for the people? Well, I can say this. We love you. <laughs> and we're so thankful for you. And we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> at 11.30. For, well, do you have anything else for the people? We'll see you tomorrow at 11.30 for Lunch Plus. Bye, guys. Lunch Plus Christmas Special. We want to let you guys know all about it. On December 22nd, we're going to be having a very merry Lunch Plus Christmas Special at 11.30 a.m. here on the Brian Wright YouTube channel. Guys, we're going to be having some gift cards. We're going to be giving away prizes, giveaways, fun segments. It's going to be a lot of fun, interactive. We're going to have you guys involved in it. Santa, are you excited? He's excited. I'm excited too. So we'll see you guys on December 22nd at 1130 for the Lunch Plus Christmas Special. We'll see you there.